Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Ami Bros. Yes, sir. We are back. Another week, another episode of the Ami Bros podcast. As always, I'm one third of the trio better known as the Ami Bros. Your host here, Damon. Uh, along with my two brothers, Jeremy and 85. Jeremy, how we feeling, fellas? What's popping? It's been a few weeks, but we back in here, man. We're back in the saddle. What's good? Man, happy new year, everybody. All the listeners. It's 2021. We escaped. Absolutely. Happy new year, everybody. We escaped the uh, the unfathomable uh, escape room known as 2020. Um, I don't know if we figured out the passwords or anything, but uh, somehow we escaped. So look, it's it's bright a bright new year. I was I was very we'll get into it in a second, but I was uh, I was thinking the year wasn't going to start great with um, you know Clemson losing on January first, but then the Cowboys missed the playoffs the, the two days later, and I realized hey look maybe it was just a, a rough start. Looks like things are looking up. So <laughs> let's get into uh, it. That's what's up, man. Yeah, it's, man. Uh... <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to go to the to the bad news side of twenty twenty one, but I don't know if y'all just saw Doctor Dre had a brain aneurysm is in ICU. Doctor Dre. Yeah, thanks for uh, putting a tamper on the mood here. Um, yeah, that was reported Sorry about, about that. five hours ago. But yeah, um, happy New Year, like like they said. But shout out to shout out to Doctor Dre. I don't want to overlook that. Um, but <clears throat> shout out to everybody that's listening, man. We made it. You guys are in twenty twenty one, and let's just hope and pray that we can stay healthy and safe, all of us. You know, until the rest of this ends. So, uh, as always, shout out to you guys for tuning in, tuning into us for another week. Got a lot to get into today. Um, let's start with the NFL playoffs. Um, obviously, the playoffs are, are starting. Wildcard weekend is uh, this coming week. Um, let's start with you, Jeremy. Who do you feel like is going to be upset, likely to be upset the first round, and who do you have going into uh, this wildcard weekend in particular? So by upset, do you mean uh, like the, the favorite's not going to win, or do you mean – the I mean, the favorites. Not gonna win. The, the favorites. I mean, yeah, underdog. The the yeah. Team the, the, reason, the reason I asked that. The reason I asked. I think the most obvious one is, uh, you know, the, the Ravens. I think are going to beat the Titans, and and they're seated lower, and they lost them earlier this year. Year, but I think you know Vegas has gotten it right, and they've already made uh, the Ravens the favorite. So, out of all the teams that are underdogs that are uh, that are playing, I'd have to say the Steelers are the most likely to lose. Um, and while I don't think they'll lose, especially now that Kevin Stefanski, uh, their head coach, uh, has COVID, so he won't be able to coach this game. Um, and he is the offensive play caller, so, you know, he's the one that kind of puts them in the sets. Um, I do think they have the best chance of winning, mainly because last week they played the Steelers, and while the Steelers didn't play anybody and they won, that was a game that all, all the pressure was on the Browns um, because the Browns are trying to make the playoffs. They just lost to the Jets, and they're in a position where if you miss the playoffs by this point, I mean, it's uh, it's really bad news, and you know, it's it's gonna put a real damper on the season. I think getting to the playoffs is good enough for them. I don't think they have any more pressure to do anymore. Um, they've already had a successful season, um, and and so I think they can kind of you know play loose this game as opposed to uh, the Steelers, who have uh, you know, Big Ben. He's getting old. Uh, they started eleven and zero. People were saying Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, maybe undefeated, uh, and then they fall all the way down to the three seed. So. I think overall, um, you're going to see some uh, 
some pressure on on the Steelers. I don't think Big Ben is, uh, you know, all of a sudden over the hump because he had a great second half against the Colts. And uh, I want to see what happens. So uh, I think Nick Chubb is probably going to go going to go off, and I think they're going to have the best chance of winning. Uh, other than that, I'm not going to say upset alert, but as a Saints fan, I'm actually a little nervous about the Saints, man. Um, Drew Brees has not looked like himself to to my eyes since he came back from his injury. Um, I'm I'm hopeful that Alvin Kamara will play. Michael Thomas being back should help, uh, especially considering that Traquan Smith and uh, and uh, Michael Thomas, who over the last few years have been the number one and number two receiver and who had the best rapport with Drew Brees just due to their time with them, um, have both been out as well. So looking forward to that. But, uh, you know, overall, I think um, I think uh, we'll, we'll be able to take care of business. But, yeah, my pick is going to be the Browns uh, upsetting the Steelers. All right, Jeremy, what, Jerry, what are your thoughts uh, going into this wild card weekend? And do you agree with Jeremy on uh, some of his predictions right there? No, I, I absolutely disagree uh, with Jeremy. Okay. Um, talk about it. One, Steelers played the, the Browns twice this year. The first time, the Steelers won 38-6. to The last time was this weekend when the Steelers rested their best six players and they went versus the backup quarterback without hardly any of the offensive line. And the Browns won by two points. Are the you Steelers sure Mason had, Rudolph is that much worse than uh, Big Ben at this point? Mason, Mason Rudolph is, is might as well be Eric Rudolph. He is not – you don't want him anywhere near your building. Um, listen, all I'm going <laughs> to say is this. You got a situation where the, the Browns are not going to have their head coach. Baker Mayfield has not proven the ability to consistently play well versus Pittsburgh. Every year he plays Pittsburgh, he, he doesn't play well. I mean, even last year when they had Mason Rudolph, it came down to the end of the game, and Mason Rudolph couldn't even hardly complete passes. This week, you, you scored 24 points when you needed to win the game, and now you're going versus the starters when Mike Tomlin gets a chance to look at everything the Browns did last week in a must-win game and make the adjustments when the, when the Steelers didn't, get to show any, didn't have to show any of their hand. Uh, so I don't think that's a likelihood. I think there's two games I look to. First, from an from a upset standpoint, I think the clearly obvious one is the Titans could beat the Ravens. Now, I'd probably pick the Ravens, but the Titans beat them last year in the playoffs. The Titans beat them in Baltimore earlier this year. The game is in Tennessee. Derrick Henry can obviously control the game, and if Ryan Tannehill throws the ball well, they have the weapons to be able to beat the Ravens. So I think that's one of them. But I think the obvious one is Washington football team over the Bucks. Look, I, I like Tom Brady. Tom Brady's the, the GOAT. Have you looked at Tom Brady's playoff career on the road? It's not very good. And you throw in the fact that Tom Brady this year has faced five teams with a really good pass rush. You know what he is? 0-5. If you look at the games, he's played really well. He's played versus teams that typically have a poor pass defense and no pass rush. He's going versus Washington, who had, who, who's second in the NFL in pass defense. They have probably the best defensive line outside of the Saints in the league, maybe the Rams too. Uh, and if you look at, at Brady when he played the Rams, he did nothing. He played the Saints twice, he did nothing. He played the Bears, he did nothing. And that was even with Nick Foles at quarterback. And I take Alex Smith at this point over Nick Foles, although slightly because I don't think either one of them are very good. And you look at the other game they lost this year, it was to uh, uh, minus Kansas City. And, and Kansas City's pass rush got to him. Uh, he played pretty well at the end, but like, that was really when they went to pre- prevent. So, um I think those are the two games I would look at and say probably have the greatest chances of upset. I, w- I wouldn't look at the Steelers, even though I don't think the Steelers are good. 
Um, I think the Browns would have a chance of upsetting a lot of teams um, in the right circumstance. I just don't see the Steelers as a good matchup. I don't, I don't. I really don't think that fits them because the Steelers already know everything about them. And I think from a uh, a big brother, little brother standpoint, um, I just think they have the advantage there. Yeah, I mean, from from the Washington standpoint, I think their defense can be um, impressive. I think they can they can get pressure on Tom Brady and maybe make it difficult on him. Although I think Alex Smith has looked absolutely awful. Um, you know, last week and really his last few games he's played, he can't move at all. Uh, yep. He's basically a statue. Uh, he doesn't deal well with pressure. If you notice, he's always kind of throwing and, and taking his weight off of the, the leg that uh, – The front foot, the plant leg, yeah. Yeah, the, the plant leg. Um, and so I think uh, it's definitely still on his mind. And I think uh, the Bucks are going to be able to really, you know, destroy them and have a lot of three and outs. And I, I think it's going to come down to – Tom Brady just gets too many opportunities. I mean, if you go three and out, 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 I know Tom Brady doesn't like pressure, but at some point, the one thing that the Saints did and one thing that a lot of teams did is that they put up points on the Bucks' defense and forced him to have to continue to try to come back. I mean, with the Saints' defense, um, you know, it wasn't like they were on the field a lot. they get off the field, and then Drew Brees but would march down I, the field. I give, I give, Jeremy, I give your team that, you know, y'all score points. But let's be honest. All right, second time y'all played the the Saints and they, yo, the Bucks, they scored three points, and that was on a late game field goal where they called a timeout. You guys could have scored seven; yeah. you were winning that game. Um, they played the Giants and 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 the Giants' good defensive line. Daniel Jones, who who, you know, I think there was there was a a touchdown or a two point that was overturned. They still they put up twenty five. Uh, it wasn't a convincing win. You looked at the game when they played versus uh, the Bears. I mean, the Bears didn't score a lot of points. The Bears that game scored, um, looking at, they scored 20 points. They beat them 20 to 19. Um, you look at the game where they lost to the um, the Rams. They they scored 24 points. So one of them was a garbage time touchdown. They had 17 late fourth quarter. So uh, I think even even the, the Chiefs game, they, they ended up with 24, <laughs> but late first quarter. You don't think 17 wins against the, this Washington team? I, here's the thing. I don't know because – Here's the, the one thing I will say. I do think uh, Tampa's defense and their defensive line is good. But could Terry McLaurin get free on Carlton Davis and those that those people in the secondary? Yeah. And, and and really – I would actually go uh, Logan Thomas as the more likely – Logan um, Thomas, I think – Because, would you, do know, you know, too. Devin White's out. Oh, I didn't realize Devin, that. Yeah, Devin White's got COVID. So, um, and Mike Evans yeah. might miss the game. Yeah, Devin White actually was uh, the same situation as Kamara. If, uh, if he was, if they played on Sunday, he could have played, but uh, because he's doing Saturday, he can't. Wow. Um, I mean, I, I, like I said, I think I think that and Mike Evans possibly being out, um, and Chase Young. I mean, I, would it surprise me if Chase Young got a strip sack on Tom Brady, put them in you know scoring position? Antonio Gibson gets a swing pass, catches a touchdown. If this happens, guys, just rerun this tape and. Um, we're gonna play this to open the show, but I, I, that's not gonna happen, Jerry. I'm just telling Tom you, Tom Brady's gonna come in. He's gonna do what Tom Brady does. He's been this, been here before. He's not gonna let his team lose in a wild card game. What? Uh, let me let me go through mine. So we got New Orleans, New Orleans Saints versus the Bears. I think it's gonna be a close game. I think I think New Orleans wins in a tight game. I think Chicago really has nothing to lose. I think they're gonna be very physical with with the Saints. I think at the end of the day, Saints are gonna have too much talent, but it, it's gonna be a close game. I mean, we're the most team. Be the Seahawks. 
What you say, Jimmy? I say we're the more physical team. I mean, we've got the yeah, best. Offensive line if, if I was going to the Bears, I would, I would, I would take a shot on uh, on Drew Brees within the first quarter. <laughs> you know what you'd end up with? You'd end up with Taysom Hill running all over the field. <laughs> I'd much rather have Taysom Hill and try to make him throw than to have Drew Brees just sit back and just dissect us with uh, uh, you know uh, dump routes and screens and a couple couple passes over the middle. Like I'd definitely rather have uh, Jason Tatum trying to run. But I, I still see Saints winning. Uh, I see Tampa Bay. They, they're definitely covering seven and a half. Uh, going to the AFC, um, Buffalo Bills beat the Colts in a tight one. Uh, Cleveland Browns beat the Steelers. I think that they have a lot of momentum coming into this game. I think the Steelers are uh, – I wouldn't I say they're the, confident, the most confident team right now. Um, and I've got the Baltimore Ravens winning a close one at Tennessee. That, that's the game I think is tough, man. I think – Definitely with a four point four and a half line right now for um, Tennessee. I definitely think that's probably a bettable game for uh, the Ravens. Considering the game is in Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, it's sorry, it's four and a half points no. favor towards the Ravens. Yes, I'm think that's a good bet for Tennessee to cover. I agree. And the crazy thing is, typically for being at home, you get three points. So what they're really saying is, on a neutral field, it may be less right now because of no, not really a big home field advantage. I don't know if they're having fans. But typically, a home field advantage is three points. So, in a normal scenario, having a four and a half point betting odds on the road is like having a you know saying on a neutral field they think you're seven and a half points better. And have I you think, watched the Ravens play the last few weeks? That's what I'm uh, saying. Like they look great. They have. Yeah, they, but those the they last had, few weeks they had over 400 yards rushing last week. Here, here, here's the thing, though. If you look, <laughs> when they started looking great. They had a really close win versus the Browns, where they looked, where the the offense looked great, defense didn't look great. Then they played the Giants. The they Bengals, actually played the Cowboys game before that, and Cow- and the Cow- like, yeah. maybe like three hundred something yeah. yards before. Yeah, it was Cowboys, yeah. Browns, Giants, Bengals. Um, so I, like I said, I, I'm not telling you they're not going to win. I, I would probably pick them to win, but in a situation where I've never it, Lamar in both his two playoff games hasn't played well, it's on the road. And you got Derek Henry, who I told you guys in, on, in the in the group chat. I was talking to Jeremy before. I said Derek Henry is going to rush. Derek Henry needed two hundred twenty three rushing yards versus the Texans to get to two thousand rushing yards. And I told Jeremy, I said, Jeremy, he's getting two twenty three to get to two thousand versus us. Like I can, I can get I, with our defense. He is. He was like, you think he's getting two twenty three? I was like, he had two hundred fifty total yards versus us previous week. I mean, previous time we played him this year. What do you do? That's that's a great segue, Jared. Jeremy, do you have any any final comments on the on the uh, wild card weekend? What do you think is going to happen, and your, and your predictions? No, I just want to say that if we don't win at four o'clock on uh, next Sunday, I'm probably going to be in hiding for about a month and a half. Well, I thought you were about to get blistered, which you probably are going to be anyway before the end. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jeremy, by the way, real quick, uh, the Lakers are up five right now with a minute thirty five to go. So oh, yes. this is this is where I don't like betting on basketball because. All of a sudden, somebody come down with two seconds left, and you're you know you're up seven. Them juggers hit a three. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I've actually been I've actually been watching. Uh, Le, LeBron did, made just made a, a nice pass in order to make them go up five, but they had turned the ball over three straight possessions before. Uh, LeBron hit a shot on the previous possession. I was like, I mean, so you guys just gonna give the game away or what? Uh, well, <laughs> I will say speaking of the, the shot at the buzzer, damn, I think you remember. Um, the the game that got me in the playoffs last year, I had the Lakers over um, over the Heat covering. I think the number was seven, mm-hmm. and they were up eight. And at the, as yeah. time expired, um, what's my guy for the Heat? Uh, young white kid that uh, 
it was a rookie last year. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero came down and shot a meaningless three pointer at the buzzer and hit it to make it a five point game to cover the spread. And I was I was so heated. So um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't need heroes like that on our side. Yeah, yeah. Tyler yeah. Hero winning winning on and off court. So <laughs> shout out to him, man. Um. So yeah, let, let's like I said, let's piggyback uh, off of your uh, comment talking about your team, which is the Texans. And let's talk about the new hire that just went down today. Uh, they hired Nick uh, Casario. 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 Cassette. Casario. Yes. Um, from the Patriots. Um, let's start with you, Jared. Uh, are you happy with this hire? Do, you know, obviously the defense has been the biggest concern with you guys uh, the past year. With Deshaun being able to put up points, and you guys not being able to stop any points. Uh, what do you think about this hire? So here's the thing: Casario is hired now as the general manager. I think it's a terrible hire, um, and he could be good. This is not. This has nothing to do with Nick Casario. I'm going to tell you why I think it's a terrible hire. I think what it symbolizes is that Jack Easterby is still running the show. And let me let me for you guys who don't know who Jack Easterby is, let me explain to you guys this. I think we we saw this week, and and I'll, I'll touch on my final topic: how Steve Sarkeesian went from drunk USC coach at alumni events, games, and going to strip club binges during recruiting trips to the Texas head coach in five years. Like, in the the pathway of how that happens. But Nick Casario is even worse. Nick Casario was a summer camp counselor. Not Nick Casario, I'm sorry. Jack Easterby, who is one of the highest ranking officials now with the Texans. He went from summer camp counselor at South Carolina to – they said, oh, you know, he was really great with with the, the counselors. We're going to bring him on board the South Carolina football team just to, you know, give pep talks, help people to have good positive mentalities. So he works for South Carolina football as a quote-unquote character coach. Then they bring him on to the South Carolina basketball team. Then he somehow gets hired onto the Patriots as their chaplain. Then somehow gets hired from the Patriots to the Texans as like the executive vice president of football. He's never played football, has no football background, has no experience picking, doing anything with personnel. They asked Bill Belichick, so how, what are your thoughts about Jack Easterby? And he said, you know, he's a really great guy. I think he, you know, he's really good for culture, et cetera. They said, what's your thoughts about him and, and personnel? He said, oh, no, Jack's not a personnel guy. When Bill Belichick says that, knowing that you work for him, I think there's a good, good misnomer that he's probably not the person you want. But let's let's say what happened after this. So. Long story short, because I won't bore the podcast people, listeners, but Jack Easterby was brought on by Bill O'Brien. At the time, there was another general manager who we had who had ties to the Patriots. So all three of them were supposed to work together to help build this Patriot way here in Houston. Well, what ends up happening is Jack Easterby kind of col- collaborates with Bill O'Brien to get the other guy fired one year into his job. So they fire the GM. And then Bill O'Brien gets the general manager role. Well, this guy, Jack Easterby, and Bill O'Brien were both in favor of trading DeAndre Hopkins and doing a lot of the stupid stuff that they did, which led to Bill O'Brien being fired, which led to them making Jack Easterby the interim general manager with no experience whatsoever in any kind of general management or personnel decisions. And now Jack Easterby, who Deshaun Watson basically publicly said needed to go. They kept him on, and he brought in his buddy from the Patriots, Nick Casario, who we tried to hire two years ago, 
and the Patriots filed tampering charges, and so we went away from him. So the reason I don't think Nick Sirianni is a good hire is because one, he's he's not. First off, you look at the Patriots. What has been the main problem with the Patriots? Now I know Bill Belichick is the one who makes the ultimate decisions, and so you can say, hey, look, maybe he was he was in that that title of director of player personnel, but you know, really had no no say. But the Patriots haven't drafted a first round pick like since Chandler Jones in 2011. Um, and not first round. They haven't drafted a first round pick that made a Pro Bowl since then. Um, they have not hit on a lot of picks. If you look at the, the their recent drafts, um, I mean, they took Nikhil Harry over AJ Brown and uh, DK Metcalf and um, my guy uh, from the Terry McLaurin from the Red, uh, Washington Football Team. They, he's missed on a ton of players, and so now we bring them on board. I don't think there's a lot of coaches who are who are going to be like, hey, look, I'm going to trust my career to Nick Casario. Um, if it's Eric Bieniemy and Eric Bieniemy is going to have opportunities to coach, but nobody's turned that job down, though, Jared. I think they will because there's two jobs I think are better. If I'm if, if I'm hiring, if I'm I'm a head coach, I'm Eric Bieniemy. Um, I'd rather have I'd rather Watson have the, trying to build the defense. I loved I love Deshaun Watson, but let me tell you this: as much as I love Deshaun Watson, if you told me, hey, look, you can have if you Somebody said something on Twitter the other day that had me laughing. They said, tell me something good about the Texans without mentioning Deshaun Watson. I don't think you can. J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt. But guess what? J.J. Watt might be gone at the end of the season. Oh, I'll give Jared a good one. No no state income tax. No state income tax. That's why. And and that's that's it. If you you look at two other other openings, you have the L.A. Chargers who have Justin Herbert who threw for 4,300 yards as a rookie, and he missed a game. And they have Joey Bosa. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Mark, Melvin Ingram. They have all these guys, and they have cap space, and they're in L.A. you got Jacksonville. Jacksonville has $100 million in cap space, the number one pick to get Trevor Lawrence. They have uh, two first-round picks this year. You have all this capital that they have to build the team. The Texans gave away their first-round and second-round pick this year in the draft to get Laramie Tunsil and then overpay Laramie Tunsil because Bill O'Brien's an idiot. So – now the Texans don't have a first round pick, which is the number three pick, which is going to the Dolphins, or their thirty six pick. They don't have a good defense, so you have to rebuild the defense, but you don't have any capital. And because you paid all these guys, Bill O'Brien overpaid Zach Cunningham, overpaid Laramie Tunsil, he overpaid a lot of these guys. Now you don't have the money to pay the guys that you need to rebuild it. So I think that's really the 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 sad thing I, I'm I'm hoping we get Matt Eberflus or somebody on defense that can schematically change our defense because I don't think we have the ability to really change the personnel the way I think it's going to be necessary. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. Jared definitely gave a passionate monologue about um the 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 recent hire from uh, his Texans. Jeremy, do you have any uh any statements about Jared's comments? Um. I know the Lakers better cut this game. <laughs> did, did it, did, yeah. Okay. Good. Good job. Um. So I'm sitting here watching. Sorry. I don't want to get off topic. Lakers just up nine, and all of a sudden made two turnovers in the backcourt, and then they were only up three, and then they just got layup. So they're five. All right. But anyway, yeah. I think it's actually could be a good hire. It depends. I don't really know much about um. Nick Casario. Uh, Casario. I mean, I think for example. The Patriots have so many people who are in the organization that are good and bad at the same time. So um, you never really know. I think Joe Judge did a great job uh, with the Giants. I think, obviously, Brian Flores is a great coach with Miami. They both came from the Bill Belichick tree, although Josh McDaniels did a terrible job when he was a head coach. Um, I think um, 
obviously, who's the defensive coordinator that just left the Lions? Patricia was an awful coach. Um, so I'm sure I'm assuming it's the same way from a, from a personnel standpoint. As I told Jared before, it's kind of hard to judge someone when you know the ultimate decision maker when it comes to all player personnel is Bill Belichick. So he could be very, very influential. He might be great at breaking down tape. He might be great at, at player evaluations. And at the end of the day, he might be giving his advice to Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick not take it. Um, I will say this. From the Dolphins, when, uh, when they had Jeff Ireland, they could not pick a player to save their life. He got uh, fired from the Dolphins because of his bad picks. He goes to the Saints and basically hit on every pick they make. So I, I, I'm always a little skeptical of saying, oh, this guy is good. Real quick, Jeremy, wasn't Ireland, wasn't the president of football operations at the time, Parcells, wasn't Parcells the person who was kind of making the ultimate decisions over him? I think it, I think that might have been it, and he he's the one that that notoriously asked uh, Des if his mom uh, used to be a prostitute. Yeah, um, yeah I remember but that. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Um, oh my god! Um, somebody <laughs> garbage time. What happened? Uh, they said they were down up five. Memphis just hit a three. Now it's a two point game. With one second. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Hopefully, Lakers at least hit two free throws to make it a, a, a push. It's it's such a Jer. Your 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 boys are such freaking losers. I hate them so much. Um, <laughs> All right, yeah. uh, let's uh, let's keep it football, but let's switch to yeah. some NCAA. Um, obviously the the playoffs started last week. Um, Alabama blew out Notre Dame. Um, even though I'm happy Notre Dame covered my uh, I think it was 18 points. So shout out Notre Dame. Good season. Um, but obviously the 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 game of the night was Clemson versus Ohio State. Justin Fields straight out of Powder Springs, Georgia. Shout out Harrison High. He came to play, man, um, and definitely um, did his thing. Ohio State blew out Clemson. Wasn't even a, a game, pretty much. Let's start with you, Jeremy. We'll let Jerry get into his bag about his boys. Um, he's had, having to explain a lot tonight, huh, Jeremy? Oh, man, it's a lot of explaining. Lot, we'll man. see you got some explaining to do. <laughs> but um, I'll tell you this, Jerry, Jerry <laughs> from a financial standpoint, has come up on his teams, but yeah, let's start with you, Jeremy. I didn't uh, bet heavy on Clemson this this year either, so I was I I was at least on that side. I was like, eh. I was hoping you didn't, man. I swear, I was like, man, I hope this man didn't lose like a a, a thousand bucks or something. But but yeah, Jeremy, yeah. started off. Excuse me, guys. Start off. Let's talk about this uh, the Alabama Notre Dame game and then the Clemson versus Ohio State. Yeah, um, I, I I will say I um I think uh, Clemson probably lost me um um. Uh, about fifty dollars um, <laughs> this, this week, uh, but yeah, I mean overall, Clemson. I guess it was uh, I guess hard to see, or uh, easy to see. The ACC was just terrible this year. I mean, it, it's one of those things of where you didn't really know because everybody kind of just played within the division, um, or just within the, in the conference. The ACC didn't win a single bowl game this entire year. They didn't win a single bowl game. So um, I think Clemson, you know, basically dominated some of the, the worst teams in the league. And then what happens? They get back into playing a, a tough Ohio State team who uh, who came ready to play. Dabo put way too much bulletin board material on the, on the board. And if you're going to write checks, you better make sure you have sufficient funds in the bank to cover them. And I think he thought that he did. And then all of a sudden, he didn't realize that there was some drywall rot in his house and that it had termites and, you know, there's a lot of other electrical issues that were going on and his budget just didn't cover it. And so 
um, he has he has to just you know sit back and you know eat the crow. So overall, I think from my standpoint, I don't see it with Trevor Lawrence. I, I just don't. Uh, I think he's gonna be good. I think he's gonna be Matt Stafford level. I don't see Jimmy. I, I think that's unfair. I, I respect your opinion. But I think it's unfair to after. I mean, the, the kids what lost three games in a, since high school. Four games now. Three, three games. Three games since his freshman year of high school. He didn't play terrible. He. I mean, one thing I'll tell he you, he didn't give his body up for the team. I'm like, dude, yeah. I don't know why you on there diving, taking hits for Clemson, dog. But I, but you, you, said, you, you know, like I said, it's gonna be a bust. I just said I think he's gonna be like a Matt Stafford level quarterback. I mean, that's a. I, I don't see. I don't see like they were saying. Like for example, Mel Kiper said he's John Elway, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. I, I, I don't see that. I just don't. Um, I think uh, he would struggle to beat Justin Herbert. I, I take Justin Herbert right now over over him moving forward. So um, I would take Joe Burrow um, from last year over over him moving forward. I think in in, in my you know, just I, I don't watch a lot of game tape or game film or anything like that. But just when I watch games, I don't see a lot of tight window throws. I see a lot of open receivers. And whenever he plays against high level competitions, I see him missing throws. Um, and, and he didn't so miss many I, throws that game, though. I saw some. Um, I saw one throw where he was off his back foot with the pressure to Davis, the tight end, um, where he missed it second drive of the game, third down. That was the only one where I was like, oh, that was a bad throw. I, there was, I mean, even if you look at the game, he completed 70% of his passes and threw for 400 yards, and his only interception was a ball that was caught and popped up in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to say the guy's not talented, but there have only been a couple games where he played against teams that were on similar talent levels to the one he has. Um, and I don't think he's looked great in those games. I mean, one of them being last year against Ohio State, which they ended up winning, but he won it basically with his legs. I didn't think he won it much with his arm. Um, and I don't think he's going to be able to do that on the next level. So if you're going to Jacksonville, hopefully they put some talent around. But, I, I mean, it's it's one of those things of where I guess we'll have to be in that wait-and-see mode. Um, so I, 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 don't, I don't see transcendent like a lot of other people see when it comes to Trevor Lawrence. I'll just put that out there. All right. Um, Jeremy definitely took a couple shots at uh, Trevor Lawrence. He caught a couple strays, but Jared, what, what do you, uh, what do you, th- what do you take away from your boys um, losing this game? And before, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't uh, phrase the question right. <clears throat> a lot of this, uh, Jeremy. Let's let's go back to this because it's very, very important. Your boy Dabo was super hyped going into this game, publicly talking about Ohio State being eleventh in the country and doing all this. Do you think that hurt or help? And what percentage do you think it hurt or help Clemson going into uh, Friday's game? Uh, I mean, I think that I think Ohio State was already motivated, but I think this is extra disrespect. You might have had guys who are you know maybe getting a little extra sleep before this game and and making sure they're really prepared. I think Dabo overall has a level of arrogance. Um, they're really just you know oozes out like he, he he's He's you could see it like he's uh, the more and more they win, the more and more almost just this sense of entitlement and uh superiority. I think he he feels. Um, and you know, he made his comments about Florida State this year, and um, oh, that you know, they I don't know, they've had three coaches in the last four years, and well, like you know, he he, he makes little comments like that now, and uh, I think you know, it's a time for him to sit back. And reevaluate and say, mm, 
you might you might need to do some uh, do some other work because Ohio State said that they were um, really really uh, I guess putting a conscious effort in not giving their plays away because they feel like uh, Brett Venables was reading play sheets and all of a sudden Brett Venables defense couldn't do anything. Um, so I, I I can look back and say that you know they they won two national championships and you know, obviously they had some success outside of that, but um, the majority of that was with the core of the the same defensive line a lot of the same defensive pieces there they had two different quarterbacks but he's got to i got to see what Dabo can win if he can win another national championship with a completely different roster than the first, than, the, than the last two you won with and uh, i've seen that from Alabama i've seen that from Urban Meyer um and I, and i'm looking forward to seeing if Dabo if if Dabo could do that as well All right Jared the floor is yours my brother I'll say this i think to to touch on the last topic they were they were mostly completely different rosters. Uh, I think on the first national championship team that we won, um, Christian Wilkins was playing a, a solid role in there, and um, I think that was the only one. I think he, uh, no Dexter Lawrence was was a freshman on that team, um, but but before that was Shaq Lawson on the team. It was um, it was uh, what's my other guy who who went really Kevin Dodd. Um, some, who went, you know, first pick of the second round, kind of flamed down in the league. Um, TJ Green, a few other other guys, J. Ron Curse, Mackenzie Alexander. Uh, and then on the offensive side, uh, ETN wasn't on the first one. It was Gallman. Uh, obviously, it was Deshaun and not uh, Trevor. It was Mike Williams and not Deion Kane and Ray Ray McLeod and all those guys who came back. Here's here's what I'll tell you. I heard a lot of people who were like, yeah, see, this is what happened, Dabo, when you talk. I don't think that the game had anything to do with Dabo. And I wish it did. Reason why is this. If I if I could have looked at it, and let's say the the game happened to where Ohio State comes out, punches Clemson in the mouth, looks like they're they're ready to play, and Clemson's not, and then Clemson makes a, a a valiant effort, and Clemson loses in a close game, I could look at it and be like, they were just fired up because Dabo, and I think that may have gotten Ohio State off to a good start. But Clemson came out, scored on the first drive, scored again on the third drive to go fourteen seven. I think really what it boiled down to, and which reason why I say I wish it was that. Is I think Ohio State was the better team. Ohio State had uh, they won in the trenches. They won the, the the problem we had was we all season I didn't think we, we generated a great pass rush. I thought we, we were able to facilitate some, but I, I felt like we had to rely too much on blitzing to be able to get home. Um, and you know, a lot of it had to do with with random injuries. Um, Xavier Thomas, who was our best pass rusher coming into the year, had COVID before the season started and then caught pneumonia off of it, lost thirty pounds and missed the first half of the year. Apparently he caught COVID again before the ACC championship game. So he, he didn't play in the ACC championship or the game versus Ohio State. And when you looked at our roster, we were we were pretty depleted. Um, you know, once Skowski went out, his backup was already out for the season. So we had a walk-on linebacker and Reagan Upshaw uh, on the field. Uh, we had uh, – and our team was really young. So I, I looked at it and I said, all right, our offensive line is not holding up. Trevor's constantly under duress, especially as the game wore on. Um, and, and I looked at it and said, and our, our secondary, I love our secondary, but there was just too many miscommunications. I, I agree with you, Jeremy, on what, what Venables does more better than, than really any coordinator is. And I think a lot of people look at it as reading calls, but I don't think it's, it's that he looks at formations and he's able to make the adjustments based on the way the formations are set up. And, um, a, a lot of that is he gets there. And when, when, the, when he sees the formation, he calls out the plays, to the defense, the audibles of what to do and what Ohio state did, which is what um, a lot of teams are starting to do versus Jared Goff and the Rams 
but the opposite is what teams are doing is they're going into a huddle, and then as soon as they break huddle, they run to the line of scrimmage and snap the ball before the defense can make the audible plays. So what you saw in a few of those situations was the defense is looking to Venables to make the call, and they're looking there while the ball is being snapped. And so then it's like you turn your head, the ball's already snapped, tight ends running wide open, whatever it was. But I, I give a lot of credit. Justin Fields, I was happy that he played well. Um, I root for Justin. Uh, I, I watched him play in high school. He, he played at Harrison High in Kennesaw when I lived in Kennesaw. Um, and uh, and I, he had had a couple bad games. So I wanted him to play well, but I wanted us to beat him, but him to play well. Um, but, I mean, he balled out, and, and I give them credit. But I'm hearing a lot, and there's an article on ESPN about, like, uh, where does Clemson go from here? Do they have to reexamine their program? I'm like, guys, Clemson has won – Two national championships in the last five years. If Alabama wins, they would have two national championships in the last five years as well. But if they don't, if Ohio State wins, it'll be Clemson who's won two, Alabama who's won one, Ohio State's won one, and LSU is won one. Clemson's going to be fine. And if you look at DJ coming back next year, um, DJ showed as a true freshman. Talent-wise, he's a future possible number one pick in the draft. Um, and out of our roster, I mean, most of all, our entire team were, were freshmen and sophomores. So, um it was disappointing, uh, but I can tell you, I, I watched the game, and that was the first time I watched the game, and I was like, eh, I thought we got dominated physically. Last year, LSU, I thought they were just – I was like, man, Joe Burrow's throwing some some perfect dimes down the field. There was a you know a couple plays where I'm like, all right, we dropped a, a ball. It could have been a pick six. We had a defensive holding call on a third and long. They, they caught a perfect screen play on a third and 11. Like I said, there were some plays that I was like here or there that could have changed the outcome. This one, I was like, man, they just physically manhandled us up front on both sides of the ball, which is concerning, but – also, something that we need to take into the offseason and hopefully, uh, you know, make make uh, makes us work harder in the weight room to be able to uh, to respond next year. So we'll see. It's going to be one of those things, though, where we got to. Some of that's going to depend on what what they look like versus uh, Georgia versus Alabama. Day. Oh, well, Ohio State, yeah. yeah. What Ohio yeah. State looks like because you know, for example, people said the same thing about Notre Dame two years ago when they lost. What was it, thirty-one to three? Three. Against y'all, and then and then y'all blew out Alabama just as bad, and it was like, oh, okay, so maybe it wasn't just Notre Dame being bad. Um, so I, I think um, I think that's gonna gonna matter to how how you know we end up ultimately viewing this. If Alabama absolutely destroys Ohio State, um, it's gonna look even worse. Here, here's um, what I'm, uh, Jim, real quick. What, what I will say on that because I don't want to forget it. And uh, the two topics you said: one, the ACC's bold record was terrible, but there was a lot. There was we were they were 0-6. Three teams were playing without starting quarterbacks. Um, and North Carolina sat six of their best players before the game and were up with like five minutes to go. But yeah, the ACC definitely did terrible. But the other part, um Sean Wade was projected to be a first round pick at cornerback. It was not a good game for Sean Wade. Sean Wade went versus we so here's one of the things about Clemson we I, I didn't talk about. Clemson was missing their top two route receivers. Um Justin Ross all year, um, Joe and Goddard for most of the year. Um, and so Cornell Powell, who I, I'm happy about, came in. He's a fifth year senior who redshirted without an injury a couple years ago because he said he wanted to just sit, learn, and become a better receiver. And he's probably gonna be a third or fourth round pick this year. But I mean, there was a couple plays where he made Sean Wade just fall on a route. And I'm like, Cornell Powell's good, but Devontae Smith is special. Devontae Smith just won the Heisman. And if you put Sean Wade in some of those techniques that he had where he's given that much space, 
man. And and the the rumor is that Jalen Waddle's coming back for the national championship game. It may be a long day for that secondary for Ohio State. So we'll see. But I'm I'm not too confident based on that. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, man, definitely. Uh, I know that the seasons didn't turn out for your boys like you thought they would have, Jared. But you know, it's always next year, man. I think I honestly think the Texas is going to snap back. I mean, obviously Deshaun's going to keep doing his thing. Dabo has the program where it needs to be. So, uh, I mean, it's good for the ecosystem, man. I wasn't mad that the Clemson lost. I was cheering for him, but, you know, it's, it's all yeah. good, man. I like to see some, uh, some new blood. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's all it good. It's going to be Alabama and Clemson every year. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, and, and last year, I, I, would tell, I was telling Jared, I was like, Jared, the LSU team was just, they were just better than everybody else. I mean, they had Justin Jefferson. They were. They had. Think about how good Pierre was in the league this year. They, they, Justin Jefferson was their number two receiver, and he had over fourteen hundred yards receiving this year <laughs> as a rookie. <laughs> right, he broke Randy Moss's single season uh, and, record. And here's the thing: he wasn't even the best receiver on LSU last year. That's what I'm saying. Jamar Chase was. He was the number two receiver, and and he came out and put up the the so, most receiving yards for a, for a rookie since like 1929, before like there was actually a, a real league. So, um, Jamar Chase is probably going to go. You know. Uh, he might not go over Devontae, but he's going to go very, very high, mainly off of uh, the fact that he was better than Wichita last year, than Justin Jefferson last year. Yeah, man, definitely uh, been some good teams coming out of the NCAA the last couple of years, including including those uh, Clemson teams with Deshaun and, you know, a lot of those uh, other different teams with uh, Trevor as well. But uh, let's get into some picks, boys. Um, last week, Jared was up 200 bucks uh, for the week and up $200 for the season. Jeremy was up $200 for the week, and he's even for the season. So congratulations to you guys. Got through the regular season. Uh, I mean, that's that's that, I, I got to give you guys props, man. You guys bet, you know, 600 bucks every week. Is it five or 600 bucks? A thousand. A thousand every week. I'm sorry, a thousand. I'm sorry. A thousand bucks every week. And for you guys to uh, end up in the in the positive after 17 weeks is pretty damn impressive, man. So uh, going into next year, I think you guys should definitely um, – Definitely uh, listen to what the what these fellows are, are telling you, you know, bets wise, because it might pay off for your pockets. Um, but let's talk about it, Jared. Talk about your week. Go into what you're predicting um, this week. But we already did that a little bit with the wild card. But uh, talk about your past week and uh, yeah, and we'll we'll, we'll put money on a few of these. So um, shout out to myself. This is the third straight year I've been in the positive at the end of the season. Ah, shout out to myself. And this is also the third straight year I've beaten Jeremy in the regular season. So listen. Uh, uh, keep, keep keep in mind. I I will, I will throw this out. I know Jared says that. Listeners, you guys don't know. The last two weeks, I've been doing very very well in actual bets, and Jared has not. So if we no, were actually, you didn't have that. I haven't I haven't been battling Jared, NFL games. I haven't been Why are you not betting what you bet on the actual pod? Like, well, we didn't we didn't you know we didn't we didn't pod the last two weeks. So but, Jared, but Jared, Jared I, still I, rest on laurels from two weeks ago. We actually, Jared, I, I, don't, I didn't I didn't actually bet an NFL game the last two weeks. So I don't know where you get that I wasn't doing well on, on my picks. I didn't bet it. <laughs> I maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's NBA. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm and even with the NBA, I, I hit on the uh, I hit on the ones I needed to hit on. The ones I went big on, I hit on. But um, yeah, the the the, the reality was this: um, it, it's three straight years uh, in the positive. Three straight years winning our, our little battle. And um, I call it a little because I mean it's just not not that competitive anymore. Um, and um, keep, keep in mind, last year <laughs> the reason the reason Jarrett won is because right before the end of the season, I bet a thousand dollars on the Saints uh, winning a game, and then they lost. <laughs> but Jeremy, you have to remember earlier in the year you bet a thousand on them winning a the game, and they won. 
So yeah. it all it all balances out. What I what I'll say yeah. is this. We'll, we'll see how, uh, how it finishes at the end at the end of the playoffs. The, the, you won the regular season title this year. Yeah. So so looking at these these games, I'm gonna I'm gonna go because there's not five. There's only there's uh well there's 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 six total games, but I I think I'm gonna go with four of these games that I like, um and just go two fifty a piece on it, um you know just to just to make sure that my my numbers are great. So Jeremy, just so I want to confirm with you, um the number that we're seeing. So I know we talked about um, there's some different places where the Ravens Titans, some places where it's three points or some places where it's four and up to four and a half. Uh, I'm looking at ESPN right now and they have it at three. So I'll take it at three. I, I won't, I won't, I won't sabotage anybody. I'm going to take the Titans plus three versus Baltimore. Um, not that I think they're going to win the game. I just think it's one of those situations to where three points is too many to give, and they could win. Um, and if they lose, I don't think they're losing by more than three points. Um, other games, Bills minus six and a half. Give me the Bills. Um, Josh Allen looks scary. Um, and it's it's almost like when you take a really, really good quarterback who's super talented and you surround him with good players and a good play caller, do they look better? Uh, I mean, th- what a different – think about this. What a difference a year makes. Last year, the Texans first round of the playoffs beat the Buffalo Bills, and this Jared, year, Jared, Jared, we're only talking about playoff teams from now on. Let's go. I know, but let me let me. Let me let, what a difference! <laughs> Last year, the Texans beat the Buffalo Bills, and then in the offseason, Buffalo's like, "Hey, let's trade and get Stephon Diggs and make positive moves," and blah 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 blah. The Texans were like, "Hey, let's trade DeAndre Hopkins and make all negative moves," and one goes from uh, first round exit to. Super Bowl contender, and the other one goes from, uh, you know, up twenty four points on the Chiefs to uh, to being the uh, third worst record in the NFL. So um, I'm going to go with the Bills minus six and a half to to cover that versus the Colts because I don't trust Philip Rivers. Um, I'm going to go with Washington plus eight versus the Buccaneers. I just can't see myself giving any more of those points when Tom Brady hasn't proven the ability to be able to move around the pocket. And with Washington's pass rush and the game being in Washington, um, I, I just can't in good conscience give that up. Um, lastly, I'm going to go with the Steelers minus six versus the Browns. Browns don't have their head coach. Browns played them with their starters earlier in the year and lost 38 to six. Um, and I just don't see that happening. So in recap, I'm going to take the Titans plus three. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills minus six and a half. I'm going to take the Steelers minus six and I'm going to take Washington plus eight, 250 a piece. And I'm going to do like that, uh, the old piece of HUD personal pan pieces. Book it. Okay. All right. Yeah, guys, I'm, gonna, program. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make hey, this. You, know, you remember uh, the, the 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 book it club coming through oh. while, you were, while you were in elementary school. Yeah. You had that little uh, little spot in the middle. Going into the cafeteria, you get all the fresh posters, <laughs> all the new books. You know. Uh, you, you know what? Pizza, man. I'm showing my age. It had to be like early '90s, man. That was like '90. You know what? I was just about, um, you know, before I go through my picks, I'm going to make it very simple. I was just about to have one of those days where I give LeBron his props and say, man, LeBron really closed that game out. He made a couple big-time shots. He's going to help me win my bet. And then all of a sudden, he gets stripped up five with 10 seconds left and gives up a layup. And then they don't cover. Oh, well, it's great. It's great. All you have to do is hold the ball. You're supposed to be the strongest small forward of all time. All you have to do is hold the ball, get fouled, and make two free throws, and the game's over. Um, I, I shall digress. But overall, um, from these games here, I'm going to make it very simple. I'm going to bet the absolute opposite of everything Jarrett said except the Buffalo game. 
I will take the Buffalo Bills as well, but I am taking the Ravens uh, minus three. I am taking the Steelers – or not the Steelers, the Browns. What was it? Uh, plus six and a half? Uh, six. All right, plus six. And then I'm taking the uh, – the uh, Bucks. The Bucks. yeah. Was it plus eight or minus uh, eight? Yep, minus eight. Yeah, I'll take all those games. Well, Jeremy, it looks like you're you're um you're gonna ruin your your chances of even trying to compete. I mean, listen, it's one thing to 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 see uh, you know some some workers out putting a sign that says "Road Out Ahead." You want to just keep driving ahead, bridge out, and they're just like, "All right, look, man, we're trying to tell what? you, you know, you know." Yeah. <laughs> Hey, the, the the problem is I'm the I'm the I'm the bridge maker, so I don't want to set the sign. Hey, okay. So he he don't he don't put the sign. He makes the signs. You know what I'm hey. saying? I'll That's tell you what. Saying. You guys uh, have nothing else to do. I just saw Damian Lillard come down and hit two straight threes. It looks like he's about to go off. Uh, so maybe something exciting to watch on NBA TV. <laughs> Man, uh, you playing stuff? No, they're playing against the the Bulls. He should probably win by seventy. Oh, yeah. Hey man, before we get up out of here, man, let me let me mention uh, a quick shout out to uh, Ryan Garcia. Um, incredible fight this past weekend. Took a good shot from uh, the guy from uh, the UK, Paul not Campbell, Paul, whatever his name was. Paul Campbell, yeah, great fighter. Uh, Ryan Garcia, man, put him out with a body shot in the seventh, man. So um, I definitely want to give a shout out to the sport of boxing, man. Like they they've really been holding it down the last. A uh, few weekends, man. I'm, I'm really kind of getting used to seeing a good fight on Saturday night. So, well, real quick, you, based on your, you, I think you just missed the, the the news that just came down with Ryan Garcia. Yeah, he's going to fight uh, Javante Tank Davis, right? Yeah, him and Javante have been talking smack back and forth on on Twitter, and they said a fight. He said you, the fight already in place. It needs to happen in April. Listen, it needs to happen tomorrow. I mean, listen, I'm I'm ready for this fight. One. Any, so nah, uh, yeah, right. he needs a month or two. Yeah, he time. definitely does. But I'm saying, so Tank. The thing about it is, so Tank's a, uh, I mean, he's a heck of a fighter. I mean, the guy he knocked out, uh, whatever Del Cruz, whatever his name was, was a really good fighter. Um, Tank's got knockout power, but he's very, very wild. Little. And that's what I was gonna say. The the thing about him, both of them have chins out there. Ryan got caught earlier in that fight. If, if Tank hits him with that, I don't know if he gets up. But he got that right back up on that one. And one of the things about uh, Garcia is he's accurate, man. I mean, when he throws, he's hitting targets. Yeah, he's sharp. He's he, really, really yeah, sharp. really sharp. I think that's the best best way. I mean, he's and, and so I'm I'm looking forward to those fights. Uh, I want to see one of them fight Shakur Stevenson. There was talk that Vasily Lomachenko wanted to fight Tank. Uh, basically, everybody wants to fight Tank at this point. Um, he's just dislikable. Um, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that towards his actual personality. I think he's just yeah. the hottest, hottest, he's the hottest boxer. I don't, I don't think now, anybody once he him. snatched up his girl, I think I I put that towards his personality as well. Yeah, but I don't think Lomo Chico was saying, "Hey, I want to fight Tank because he snatched his girl out of a basketball game in in Brooklyn." Like I, I think Javante Davis's talent outweighs, um, you know, some of the stuff that he gets into, like the DUI in Baltimore. Where he drove off in his Ferrari, like you know, dumb stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's he's the hottest fighter out, you know. Obviously, other than um, than uh, Ryan Garcia. Uh, Ryan no, no, I uh, think the, uh, the hottest boxer out is, is probably Canelo still. Canelo, yeah, Canelo, uh, Canelo had a great shot at him. Did, did you guys watch that fight with Canelo? Oh my gosh, I, he picked that dude apart. But here's the thing: I felt I, I felt proud of the guy for actually like surviving the fight because I thought for <laughs> sure he was getting knocked out. 
And, and, but and you, you know, know what, a five nine guy fighting a six three guy is literally like just just mayhem. But you yeah, you want to you want you want to hear the, the thing that I when I was watching that fight. Now obviously he's gotten better and better and better because he's improving. And he fought him when he was younger. But I remember Canelo fighting Floyd, and it wasn't competitive. And I remember <laughs> after the fight, Canelo being like, "I was this close to catching up." <laughs> I was like, "That's by design," because Floyd is just moving and like he turns his shoulder, he does this boom, 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 and now Floyd is out here fighting Logan Paul, no Jake Paul, no Logan Paul. Like, what are we doing, man? What are we doing? That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we get up out of here, fellas, any any part thoughts to listeners before uh, we skedaddle? Um. Well, look. Shout out to all the teams that made the playoffs in the NFL. Um. Hopefully, um. I'm, I'm rooting right now for Jeremy's team. Uh. Drew Brees needs to go ahead and retire. Not that he's bad, but he's he's up there, man. Like, you gotta, they, they, they've already said that was his last uh, regular season game. Yeah, on Sunday. Okay, so. good. Well, well, he he needs to retire, and I'm I'm, I'm rooting for him to, to go out on top. Um, all time great who doesn't get uh, enough of the acclaim. He's gonna have now the records may say like ultimately, oh yeah, he's the greatest passer of all time or whatever. I, I don't I wouldn't go that far, but I think he's he's obviously an all time great, and um, I love to see him go out on top. And and on for Jeremy's sake, um, they got a lot of guys they got to start paying. So. Uh, <laughs> they need to because uh, the salary cap is going down, and they got like five all pros who, who need new contracts. Um, so yeah. um, it, it's one of those things. I will, I, I will say this: um, I think Sean Payton has a plan, and I think that plan is Jameis Winston is going to be the future quarterback. And I think they pretty much said, I, I, "This is my honest opinion." I think he pretty much said, "I'm not going to put him on the field this year because I don't want to raise his value." That's a smart strategy. If not, you might be able to get Teddy Bridgewater back because it doesn't look like uh, Matt Rules that sold on him. So that's my final my, – my parting thoughts. Um, and, um, you know, go Lakers. Lakers suck. Um, yeah, I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll, Jeremy, I'll, yeah. He's talking about some Lakers out there blew your five-point spread, right? Yeah, well, I, had, I, had, I had him as well, and they blew it for me too. But I still yeah, so, yeah, so overall, um, you know, since we're talking about boxing, um, I'll give a shout-out to – my favorite boxer to watch at this point, um, still, still, still up and coming, but uh, Shakur Stevenson. Stevens, yeah, yep. Shakur Stevenson is uh, is is gonna be the truth, and I think uh, he's gonna probably have to go up and wait a little bit. What is he fighting at now? One one twenty one twenty nine. No, he moved, or something. Up, he moved up last fight. The fight at the end of the year. He's in the same division with Javante does now. Yeah. Okay. So he's at the one thirty five. Yeah. Um, we talk about he's got more more knockout power. Well, Floyd had some knockoff at the beginning of his career, but much more than Floyd had at the end of his career. But from a de- defensive standpoint, uh, his uh, his get I guess not getting hit rate is uh, lower than Floyd's was throughout his career. So I mean, it's um, uh, it's pretty crazy. So I'm looking forward to seeing him get up and fight some of those guys. As well, oh, last thing too, I, I would like to say I, I watched one of the prelims for another one of the fights, and there's a guy. And I don't remember the kid's name. He's a Hispanic kid who's like six four, fighting at like one thirty five. Dude, you I see that kid? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen. I don't know who that dude is. No. Everybody yeah, in the division dude. needs to avoid that guy uh, at all costs. Uh, I, got I, I feel like since we mentioned him, we need, we need to get a name for the folks out yeah, there so they can I'll, check I'll out get, I'll get his name. If you want to know what he looks like. I'll post it in story highlights. That yeah. dude's a monster. All, all, you, all you need to – if you want a, a, a visual pers- perspective of what he looks like fighting – just imagine if you guys used to watch WWF, not WWE, when it was WWF, and Giant Gonzalez fought Tatanka, it was like that. 
this dude's arms were coming from nowhere. Boom, boom, boom. I was like, man, this guy's a problem. He's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, uh is, is it, uh, no, it wasn't Felix. What's the guy's name? I'm, I'm sitting here looking it up now. Um, sorry, I see a picture of him. But I'm trying to... It was PBC Undercard. Uh, was it just, it wasn't just Magdalena. Who was it? It was um, the Undercard for Spence. There was the Undercard for Spence, wasn't it? Uh, I I'll look it up real fast. Yeah, that that guy that guy was scary. Um, and Jared, I'm glad you brought up the wrestling piece because I was about to say it. Sebastian Fandora. Yeah. What's his name? Fandora. Sebastian Fandora, I believe. Sebastian Fandora. Check him out, guys. If you if you're boxing fans out there and your listeners, check him out. He's definitely yes, uh, he's su- he surprised us when we all watched him a couple weeks ago. But um, if that's if that's all you guys got, let's uh let's get up out of here. As always. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to us another week. Uh, make sure you follow us on all social media accounts. In Instagram, our handle is Amiibos underscore podcast. Um, and with that being said, we will holler at you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>